And you know, grief is really hard work. It is exhausting. But if we don't absorb the loss, if we don't reconcile to it, it's going to bubble up years later in very unhealthy ways. And so it's just a beautiful thing to be able to teach our children that we're going to face our pain and then we're going to look for ways to learn from it, to to get a, a meaning or purpose from that pain. What has it, that pain taught us? And one of the most important things is I think it, pain can teach us how to look out for others who are hurting and come alongside them. This episode is brought to you by the Blissful Parenting Toolbox. If you're looking for better ways to communicate with your child, deal with challenging behavior, or just improve your parenting skills, our free parenting toolbox contains the best resources from our expert workshops, as well as contributions from our podcast guests. These tools could be the missing link that you've been looking for to solve everyday parenting challenges and to access highly effective ways to communicate with your child without triggering conflict, arguments, or meltdowns. The best part is that these resources, tools, and templates are completely free and are a gift to you for being a valued member of our community and subscriber to our show. To get free instant access to the Blissful Parenting Toolbox today by visiting www.blissfulparenting.com forward slash toolbox. That address again, www.blissfulparenting.com forward slash toolbox. Register today and we'll see you on the inside. Hello, hello, Blissful Parents. Michelle Abraham, your host here today. I am joined by a fantastic guest today. I've got Shirley Thiessen, here with me, and she's the co-founder of a grief ministry, Corner Bend Ministries in Calgary, Alberta. So, Shirley, hi, how are you? I'm great, Michelle. Very nice to meet you. Well, it's so great to meet you too. And let me share a little bit more about you to our audience. Um, through writing and speaking, Shirley serves others as a grief coach and educator. Most people don't know what is helpful to say or to do to support their grieving friends. Regretfully, the younger Shirley was one of those people. Inspired by caring friends who support Shirley as she grieves the loss of her son, she is paying it forward by sharing the transformational power of empathy expressed in love giving and life-giving ways. So Shirley, we are so grateful to have you here today. And we're diving into the topic today about grief and loss and what do your kids need to know about it and when do we need to talk to them about it? So um, thank you for being with us today, Shirley. Well, thanks for opening up the conversation. This is something that I wish um, myself as a young mom would have had the opportunity to hear. Um, I think, um, well, you know, we always have so much more wisdom um, in hindsight, but there are so many things that I, um, particularly retaining to loss and grief that, yeah, I wish I had just equipped my kids in a, in a way that would be healthier. Right. And, you know, it's not something we really think about until we are right in the moment of it. And at that moment, it's not the right moment to talk about, to talk about it, is it? Well, it's not the optimum time. Um, but yeah, I think if we can, um, actually prepare in a way for, for death and loss, cause it is inevitable. Um, and for children, you know, if they're old enough to love, if they're old enough to have an attachment to something or someone, mm -hmm. they will grieve and mourn those losses. And 
So um, you think about a toddler who loses their favorite toy, the one that they sleep with every night, and then it goes missing. Oh my goodness. <laughs> you you know that they're grieving. That was bad mistake <laughs> number one. <laughs> um, so, but particularly even um, as they get older, and I'm thinking I've had some experience with children who are um, age nine and 10, particularly where I've, I've kind of taught the concepts of how do we care for those who are grieving mm-hmm. and how do we even navigate those those coping strategies for ourselves. And so those are the two kind of areas that I really feel even young children, they grasp it quite readily. And sometimes we can learn from them how, how they actually grieve losses. Um, I've, I've learned personally a lot from, from young children. Mm -hmm. And imagine like they probably are better. So once they understand they're, they're, they're probably much better at it than us adults because we like to complicate things as we get older and make it more difficult. And I've heard from um, many people and experienced it myself when you're grieving and you've lost someone, people tend to say all sorts of things that are not intended to be hurtful, but end up being hurtful because they don't know what to say or they don't say anything at all. And um, I know particularly one of my friends, when she went through losing, losing a child at birth, like I just didn't know what to do or say. And it was horrible feeling. So understanding mm-hmm. and knowing what, what we should be doing or what we should be saying would, is, would be so helpful. Absolutely. So, so why not equip our, our kids to even know, you know, saying something like, what do you wish that other people knew? about what it was like to lose your grandparent, your grandma, you know, and then letting them lead the conversation. I think it's so important not to uh, like force the kids into what they want to reveal, but because mm-hmm. sometimes they need to take it in small doses, mm-hmm. right? They might be, they might have lost a grandparent and, you know, they're out playing on the playground and seemingly unaffected. And then the next day they just have this meltdown. And so their grief is going to come in waves, but to allow them to just express what they're feeling without editing it and, um, you know, not shaming the tears, mm-hmm. like saying, well, you're crying again. You need to go to your room and you come back when you're, you're done crying. Mm-hmm. Well, that, then you're teaching them that that's not, it's not a safe place to cry together. Mm-hmm. And so we want them to feel like they don't have to do this alone. And even many adults, that's the core message we need to give them is like, you don't have to grieve alone. I am willing to be a hope hero, as I call those courageous who come alongside. And as we think about teaching our kids to be a hope hero, like who doesn't want to be um, a superhero, Mm -hmm. right? And a hope hero is someone whose superpower is empathy. And empathy is so different from sympathy. Sympathy is just simply saying, hey, yeah, that really sucks or that's too bad. And then walk away. Mm-hmm. Empathy is saying, oh, my heart hurts for you. I am so sorry this has happened. I am with you. Mm-hmm. And we're going to get through this together. Mm-hmm. There's a big difference. Yeah. And so the earth. Yeah. So that the earlier we can teach our children to be empathetic rather than sympathetic. Um, oh, you know what it's going to do? Because empathy really has these unique qualities. It actually accelerates trust. 
It amplifies our influence and it fuels connection. Mm -hmm. So when you think about how they can be even empathetic or a help hero to those friends in their classroom, say, say there's someone who um, they've been best friends. Katie and Sarah have been best friends. And suddenly Sarah says to Katie, you know what? I don't want to be your best friend anymore. Um, Danielle is my best friend. Well, that is a loss and a grief that that little girl is going to feel. Mm -hmm. And so just teaching our kids to notice others who are hurting and say, Mm -hmm. I'm sorry that happened to you. Tell me what it, what it like, what it feels like, or, and just giving them permission to be sad with them. Um, That is a huge gift. Mm, That's good. Just being sad with their friend too. I think that's really helpful. Um, and so is this, does this look like a conversation we have with our kids or is it best kind of taught just kind of how you're saying where, like, I know my mom used to, after my grandparents passed away, we used to bring up something, a memory and like, we, then we would be able to talk about, oh, remember when Papa did this or remember when Nana did this? And it was a way for, I think, her to help us connect back mm. to them, um, without it being like, um, you know, an official conversation about grief and loss. Right. <laughs> and that's beautiful. That's a beautiful thing to do is where you actually talk about the qualities of that person who is gone, who like, what was your favorite thing about grandma or grandpa? Mm. And do you remember what their favorite food is? Let's go have that tonight. Like let's, mm. let's have that in their honor. And as you have those natural conversations, it doesn't make it morbid or sad necessarily. It's saying we're just honoring their memory and, and let's just bring, bring that into our everyday. So we, we always can remember them together. That's lovely. Mm. Yes. We have this, um, we have this thing in our family where my nana used to collect dimes. And so we see dimes everywhere. And so mm. it's like that token then of a dime. We don't find pennies on the ground. We don't find nickels. We find dimes everywhere. Wow. And it's just like, oh, there's Nana again. Like, you know, you know, so like, I feel like something like that was really helpful for us to just know like yes. that piece of her was, you know, if we found it's like, oh, she's thinking about us today or, oh, she's here with us. And like, that was so helpful as yes. a kid. I think it was cool. Absolutely. And when my son died, we had a friend actually make a little bear oh with gosh, his picture so on it. And it is something that we could give to friends mm-hmm. as well as keep for ourselves. And it was like a linking object to him. Yeah, and right. yeah. it is so fun when we go to someone's home and they, they show us their Jordan bear. No. Um, I love that. Mm-hmm. And for someone, for a child, say if it's a, a special person that they've lost, you can even take some of the clothes that they used to wear, maybe a favorite shirt their grandpa had and, and make that a shirt for the little bear. And so it's something that they feel tied to for sure. That's a great idea. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And just having, I mean, I feel like having just having some lightness around the conversations or about just like what you were sharing, like it to be an object, like a link to an object or something feels like a lot less heavy than, than having a, a conversation with kids that, that's you know sad right yes although although it is sad it's just it's it's, I think for kids they probably interpret it better if it's you know something that they can you know grasp grasp onto like hope or yeah well you think about all the losses that um a child will experience over their lifetime Mm -hmm. right we've already mentioned the loss of a grandparent or loss of a friend who doesn't Mm -hmm. want to be friends or the loss of a pet 
those attachments to the family pet are often very deep. Mm -hmm. And so just actually even preparing them for that, Mm -hmm. thinking, you know, we're not always going to have our little puppy around and we need to, we need to, well, first of all, appreciate the time that we have with them and then just know that it will come to an end. Um, And then what are, maybe what are we going to do when that happens? How are we going to make it special to remember that? that dog or cat or whatever that pet is, Mm. they're also going to, they're going to lose opportunities. Mm -hmm. You think about a kid who works so hard to get on a sports team and then doesn't make it. Like, how are we preparing them for those kind of losses as well? And I think suggestions for things like that, because those are also huge losses in for kids. Yeah. Well, I think validating that they're the pain that they feel is real. Um, instead of saying, well, oh, come on, there'll be another opportunity coming up or, mm-hmm. you know, it's not that bad. Like, it's not the end of the world. Come on. You just didn't make it to the volleyball team. Mm-hmm. Instead, just allowing them to express the frustrations and the pain of all their hard work. Right. And saying something like, well, no wonder you're sad. Like, you've worked so hard for that. I can imagine it's it's hard to take in this news mm-hmm. and just being with them in that sadness is very validating mm-hmm. and you don't have to leave them in that wallow kind of state, but then you can think, help them to think of, okay, so what can we do next time? Or what can we do in that situation? And I know for myself, and when I think about losses, I have a journal, I call a gratitude journal, and I write down three things each day for which I'm grateful And it really helps to kind of change my perspective. Mm -hmm. It's not that I'm forgetting the pain, Mm -hmm. but I'm thinking, what do I have to be grateful for? Mm -hmm. And so I think it's like we want to do both with our kids. We certainly want to validate the loss, but we also want to help them gain a perspective that, you know, this is part of life and we need to feel it to heal it. Yes. But we also how about we be think of how we can help someone else? Because part of our own self-care when we're hurting mm-hmm. is serving someone else, mm-hmm. is being kind to someone else. So it's like, well, let's find another person who we can cheer up. Because you know what happens? We often get cheered up in the process. Mm-hmm. And yet it feels so counterintuitive for many. Right. But it really is um, a beautiful dynamic. And so... You know, I know one mom who has like a kindness jar and on the days that one of her kids is feeling particularly sad or bummed out about something or they'll go, you know what? I need to do something kind for someone else to lift my own spirits Mm -hmm. and they'll take an idea out of the kindness jar and they'll go do that. Great idea. My kids have a kindness chart uh, that Mm. they use. It's funny. They have put it. It's been away for a while and they just asked to bring it out yesterday where it's they. They have stickers. So it was really amazing to see that when they were, you know, when that was up, how it was, they were thinking about it all the time of how they could be more kind um, mm. to someone, um, which I, I, I that that was the whole purpose of it. It wasn't the rewards. It wasn't the stickers. It was just that they were thinking about it. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Was, yeah. When we, when we look up from our own pain and notice someone else, for whom we can be a hope hero, who we can be kind to, it it just completely changes our perspective. Right. And I think for for kids, that's so important. And, you know, I when I I was a young mom, 
I often wanted to protect my kids, to shield them from the harshness of loss and pain. And I actually have a friend, we were talking about this the other day, when her nine-year-old son was waiting for the school bus on his front porch. Mm-hmm. He noticed a toddler just a few doors down um, get away from his mom and ran into the road and was hit by the school bus. Gosh, now, this child survived. I mean, there were a lot of scrapes and uh, bruises and, and yelling and screaming, but this child survived. But this little boy was so traumatized that his mom knew that there was no way he was going to go to school that day. Right. And so she brought him back in the house. And instead of sort of validating the things he was feeling and just kind of replaying that whole episode, she said, you know what? We're going to bake cookies today. Um, She knew he had a sweet tooth and she wanted to just kind of skip over the hardness of what just what happened and let's soothe your sadness by doing something fun. Now that in itself is not bad, Mm -hmm. but what it's really teaching the child is, we need to numb out the pain. Hmm. Now, as that child goes gets older, they might choose to numb out their pain with alcohol hmm. or overworking or overspending or drugs or other things. They've been maybe taught we don't face our pain. We push it away and we numb it. Hmm. So that's the part that I really feel is so important for parents to think about. Help your children cope with their pain rather than numb it. Right. And well, that's a really interesting moment there for that mom, because in other parenting instincts, that distraction sometimes is a good thing. But in that, in this case, it's really, it's a, it's a really not, it's not necessarily the best thing to do because it's teaching them to numb it out. Yeah. Interesting. Well, certainly um, distraction is helpful because kids can only take it in little doses of, right. of loss, but there wasn't that conversation first about let's un- yeah. right. Let's just unpack what happened and how you're feeling about that. And um, so that's just there's both and. But mm-hmm. I know that for myself as a young parent, I didn't take the time to really kind of navigate through. Okay, what just happened? Mm-hmm. And um, what what have we learned, or what? How do we feel about that? What can we do to cheer up that little? toddler and their mom who um who obviously has such a traumatic morning mm-hmm. um instead we're just going to bake cookies and and maybe bake cookies and then bring them over to the to the mom and the little toddler it would have been a lovely idea but certainly taking the time to just unpack what happened and how we feel about it right yeah it's so important it's so important i think just taking the taking the time really is the first thing and not rushing to the next thing on the agenda and not validating it i know uh, looking back on my life, I, I had a uh, a friend in my early teens and my late teens that passed away when I was on a trip with her. And mm-hmm. I know I can looking back at what I did for the following few years, I was avoiding, <laughs> avoiding that pain because I was, I was up and moving and going somewhere else and doing another adventure or doing anything but yeah. being still and thinking about it and processing that. So yeah. Yes. Yeah. And we, yeah, it's, it's uncomfortable to face the pain, but when we don't reconcile to it, when any you know, grief is really hard work, it is exhausting. But if we don't, if we don't absorb the loss, if we don't reconcile to it, it's going to bubble up years later in very 
unhealthy ways. And so it's just a beautiful thing to be able to teach our children that we're going to face our pain and then we're going to look for ways to learn from it, to to get a, a meaning or purpose from that pain. What is it that pain taught us? Yeah. And one of the most important things is I think pain can teach us how to look out for others who are hurting and come alongside them. And because if that particular lesson is not taught, the other thing that can happen is when someone else, when you're in pain yourself, it can turn around to being a bully, right? That could turn into bullying or it could turn into yes. hurting other people because you're hurting. So exactly. those kids that are doing that then haven't been taught that empathy piece. Right. So, you know, instead of being a bully, people, uh, kids can be inspired to be a hope hero. Yeah, because you can't be a hope hero and a bully at the same time. No, <laughs> right? yeah, yeah, I love it. So, tell us about how hope heroes came about. Well, basically, it was from learning from my own caring friends who came alongside me, and my family, when my son died very unexpectedly, um, just twelve days after his wedding, and I had no idea about grief. I was so naive about it. I thought that was something for later um, when I got old. And these uh, friends, they came alongside us and they did four things that really impacted me. Um, They did the lap. So this is an acrostic lap, L-A-P-P. And the first one is they listened. Mm -hmm. They, They simply gave me permission to unpack my emotions without having to think, is it okay to say that? Is it not okay? They just let me say it all. And they listened, they leaned in, they let me lead the conversation. They didn't, you know, want to know all the details unless I was willing to give it. They just cared for me to listen. And, you know, when someone feels heard, Mm -hmm. truly heard, a little piece of healing starts to happen in our heart. Mm -hmm. And then the second thing they did, they acknowledged my loss. And again, that just means validating that my my hurt and my sorrow was worthy of their empathy and compassion. Mm -hmm. So many times when I was a younger person, I would be so uncomfortable with my grieving friends. I didn't know what to say or do. So I avoided them. And now I knew that really as a griever, when someone is avoiding you, it feels like indifference. And that feels more wounding than hate. And so I really appreciated how my friends validated my grief in a number of different ways. Sometimes they would just send me a link to a meaningful song. Sometimes, um, well, this necklace that I'm wearing actually is a gift from a hope hero who engraved my son's name on it and said, every time you wear it, I want you to remember that we love you and remember we remember Jordan too. Mm. What a beautiful way to acknowledge my loss. Yeah. Yes. And, and then the third thing is, P is pray. Now, I'm a woman of faith. I believe there's power in prayer. And so there's some things that I cannot do that only God can do. And so um, I believe prayer is an important piece. And if someone's not um, a person of faith, Mm -hmm. then there's still another P that they can do. And that is patiently be present. Mm -hmm. And I say patiently because I know that the younger me used to think that grief is kind of wrapped up after about a year or so. And it not. It's a life altering loss that takes many, many years to heal. And I'm not sure I will until I until I reach heaven. But in the meantime, I know that 
I can, especially in the early years of my grief, it was, I was not fun to be around. Like I, I was not my own self. I had, I had no sense of humor. I, I just wasn't easy to be with. And yet my friends patiently kept showing up mm-hmm. and I'm so grateful because they are part of the reason why I was, I was actually given hope. They lent me their hope when mine was just leaking out and allowed me to believe that a better day was coming. So those are the four things that a Hope Hero does. And I've learned this all from my caring friends and, and they really are applicable to any kind of loss. You know, it could be um, the loss of a parent uh, due to divorce. You know, things are not the same because one parent is no longer living with you. There, there is a grief and loss in that. Um, like I said, the loss of a pet, the loss of an opportunity, the loss of a dream, all these mm-hmm. loss of health due to a diagnosis. Mm-hmm. Um, so all of these different types of losses can be um, applied with empathy by doing the lab. Listen, acknowledge, pray, and patiently be present. Those are great. Those are, the, it's an acronym that you can remember in the, um, the hero being the, being the, um, what do you, hope uh, hero, hope hero. I'm sorry. <laughs> went into my head. The hope hero. I think that's so great. I mean, that alone teaching our kids, those things, how you can be a hope hero when someone's, you know, li- a grieving or has lost something and you know, how, how can you be a hope hero for yourself too? When you do lose, that's such a powerful, powerful piece. Hmm. What a lovely, what a lovely, um, piece that you can then share with so many people. Well, it's aspirational, right? Because I think children and adults, we need to know that our life has meaningful purpose. Mm -hmm. And when you think of the impact that you can have just by lending hope to others, when they don't, when they feel hopelessness or deep sadness, our, our world will be a kinder, more compassionate place to live. Mm, absolutely. Oh my gosh. And if we can teach our kids to do this earlier on, that's going to just expedite that. The world's going to be a much better place if our kids are all equipped with the, with the know-how to be empathetic and, and, and caring mm-hmm. <laughs> and be those hope heroes. Because hmm. you think about anxiety is just spiking in children these yeah. days. And I, I believe that when we even just have one hope hero in our life, mm-hmm. it makes all the difference, yeah. all the difference. Yeah. I almost think of them as your champion, right? <laughs> they're, mm-hmm. they're the one champion for you. That's so great. I love and that. you do it um, for each other. Yeah, for sure. Do you teach classes to parents on how to do this with their kids? Well, I, I do teach um, through webinars and through mm-hmm. podcasts. Um, I do some speaking to different groups. Um, so yeah, I, I love it because I, these are things I wish I had known, right. Um, as a young mom. And, um, so yeah, every opportunity I get, I kind of lean in and, and, uh, and wanted to share the story about how to be a hope hero because everyone can be one. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing that with us. I really appreciate that. And I know you have, um, something for our audience, a way for us to connect with you as well. Do you want to share what that is? Yeah. So if you go to my website, shirleythiessen.com, um, there is a free, free grief guide 
that you can download and it will give you some very tangible ideas about how to be a hope hero for someone else. Awesome. And oh my gosh, yeah, it's just I'm I just I'm going to take that and and practice that with my kids cuz I think that's such a good such a thing to equip them with as they're in this world. They're at the right age, they're 6 and 9 and like oh what better time now to encourage that empathy especially on the playground or at school and Yes. And you know what? I have to tell you that I've had hope heroes in my life who were nine and 10 years old. Mm -hmm. Like just amazing um, the way they just came up to me who they didn't even know me that well. But after sharing my story about my son, this one little boy just looked in my eyes and said, I am so sorry your son died. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he didn't even touch me, but I just felt like I got the biggest bear hug ever. And so I, I have seen it firsthand where children are amazing hope heroes. Yeah, that's great. Oh my goodness. So possible parents out there, if you need some support and want some help with this, make sure you connect with Shirley to go on over to our website, shirleythiesen.com. Is it.com? Yeah. Yes, and, it is. Yes. Yeah. And, and make sure you download the grief guide so you too can follow along. And I'm sure you have on your website, your webinars and other training and podcast things that you're doing. Yes, absolutely. Perfect. All right, Blissful Parents, you go out there and have a fabulous day. Shirley, any last words that you'd like to leave our Blissful Parents with today? Well, go out and be a hope hero. Do the lap, listen, acknowledge, pray, and patiently be present. And honestly, every act of kindness feels heroic to that person you were doing it to. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Thank you so much, Shirley. It's been awesome having you here. And I hope to have you back again sometime. Thanks so much, Michelle. Take care. Take care, Blissful Parents. Go out there and have a fabulous week. We'll see you again next week here. This episode is brought to you by the Blissful Parenting Toolbox. If you're looking for better ways to communicate with your child, deal with challenging behavior, or just improve your parenting skills, our free Parenting Toolbox contains the best resources from our expert workshops as well as contributions from our podcast guests. These tools could be the missing link that you've been looking for to solve everyday parenting challenges and to access highly effective ways to communicate with your child without triggering conflict, arguments, or meltdowns. The best part is that these resources, tools, and templates are completely free and are a gift to you for being a valued member of our community and subscriber to our show. To get free instant access to the Blissful Parenting Toolbox today by visiting www.blissfulparenting.com forward slash toolbox. That address again, www.blissfulparenting.com forward slash toolbox. Register today and we'll see you on the inside.